I got a word that I want to share with you today. It's going to come from Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. So go to your device or your Bible or whatever you have to you read the scriptures from. And it's Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read from the New International Version. Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 28. Starting with verse 28. And the title of my message is walking in faith while we are still on the journey to the final victory. Walking in faith while we are still on the journey to the final victory. But I had another message title that I changed at the last minute, and I can tell you that, that this, this other title, I really like it as well, and it's walking in faith while you're in the midst of the fight. Walking in faith while you're in the midst of the fight. Walking in faith while you're on the journey to the final victory. Now, when our children were young, Gracie and I would take vacations together with them. And it usually started right after the second or third service when we had third services too, early in the morning. Um, we had the services, and, and after the, the last service of the day, we would then go home, grab a bite to eat, continue to pack our vehicle, maybe pack a trailer, make some snacks, do some bathroom runs, and the five of us would pile into our vehicle, and it, weighed, it was weighed down so much, sometimes it would scrape the the edge of our parking, our driveway, as we would pull out. And, and so we would pack, and we would prepare, and, and we would then put, start driving. And there was a five-hour trip, a five-hour trip to go to Bahaba. And, and so we would, or it was a 10-hour trip to go to Erie, Pennsylvania, Lake Erie. And, and, and so we would, we would begin the journey and, and, you know, I always told them, as soon as we were done with that, with that last service, I said, listen, vacation's begun. Vacation is here. And yet, there's still a lot of work to do and still a journey, but we've begun the vacation. And though we have to pack and though we have a five or a ten-hour trip to make, we have begun. The journey has begun, and there's going to come a moment when we're going to finally get to our destination, but vacation has begun. And I want you to know, as we celebrate Palm Sunday today, it's the, the, the last journey Jesus would take into, into Jerusalem, where, where he would be recognized as, as king, and before he would eventually go to the cross, he would go to the cross. And, and on that journey, he would be worshipped and he would be magnified. And, and as he rode in on a, a colt, this, this, this young donkey or horse, he, he, they, would, they would put their garments down and they would have these, these different leaves and they would lay down and, and they would praise him and they would, they would worship him. And, and yet, as these peoples lined the streets, little did they know that the journey was not going to end in, 
Jerusalem, and Jesus was going to have his final conquest and take over and set up his kingdom right there physically and spiritually. And, and now there would be freedom for all of these Israelites and this nation, God's nation, and for the world as well. No? There's a problem. And that is that Israel and the world would not live in peace and prosperity physically, right? He leads them, he leads them to a, eventually to a cross where he would die. He leads them eventually to an empty tomb where he would be raised. He leads them to a mountain where they will, he will ascend before them. And he leads them to an upper room where they will eventually receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the power of God to fill them up with power to be witnesses. And, and, and he leads them to a world that is lost. And he leads them, many of them, who began to follow him, especially the apostles, they would suffer and die. For their faith. They didn't yet arrive when he came that first time into that promised land. They didn't quite have total victory, though they had victory. They were on the journey to victory. Victory began. They had faith. But they were still in the midst of the fight. And I can tell you today, though we have victory in Christ because we've come to know him. He's come. He's died. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended. He's given us his spirit. We are witnesses for him. I can tell you that our lives are not like the Garden of Eden. There's still the struggle and the battle. And we still have to, to live by faith. My question is this. How do you walk in faith? as you journey towards the victory? You see, we have the victory, but yet victory is still to come. We have been purchased by Christ, and he has paid the price, but there's still a final redemption that's going to take place. How do you do it? As followers of Jesus, we live in the now, but not yet. What should we do while we wait for Jesus? What shall we do while we wait for Jesus? Think about that question. And now take a look at this passage of scripture here in Luke chapter 19, verse 28. It says, after, in Luke 19, verse 28, it says, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here and if anyone asks you why are you untying it say the lord needs it and those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them and as they were untying the colt its owners asked them why are you untying the colt and they replied the lord needs it and then verse 35 of chapter 19 of Luke, it says, They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. I, I want you to see that they're doing something, and they don't even know exactly why they're doing or what is its purposes, but they are being faithful 
with the, the little thing that Jesus has told them, and it's seemingly little and insignificant to, to us and maybe even to, to them, but it's pretty big in the kingdom of God. They're just being faithful. And, 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 and they, they, they go and they had to have, they had to actually trust the Lord. They, they didn't say, oh, no, this is a bad idea. Why ride a little donkey? We can find some horses for you. Oh, we can, we can get some big animals that you can ride in on. No. They just obeyed what Jesus has, had told them to do. And, and they didn't even necessarily know there was a specific, what's the specific reason for all of it? They probably didn't know. But they just said, you know what? We're going to do what the Lord says to do. We're going to obey him. And, and, then, and then when they get there, they get to a house. And it's about two miles, a little less than two miles from Bethany. And, 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 and they get to this house that Jesus told them to go to. And, and then they, when they get to the house, they start untying a donkey. And the owners of the house and the owners of the animal come out and think, what are you doing? What are you, what, what's going on here? And, and, and they said, the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. That's, that's like the, the password. Before they said the password, they were, the people that were there were maybe thinking, why are you still in my animal? But more than likely, Jesus, who had been in this village many times, had done a lot of different miracles, walked through there, preaching, sharing, bringing in, ushering in the kingdom of God, and, and people were believing and trusting. More than likely, there was a moment when this family, these people said, Lord, whatever you need, Jesus, whatever you need, just ask. It's yours, whatever you need. Any way we can help you, we want to help. We want to participate. Anything you need. And so until these disciples said the Lord has need of it, the Lord needs it, they thought these were thieves. And then as soon as they said, these disciples said, the Lord needs it, that was the password. Now, we, we, have, we have a lot of passwords right now. You're downloading apps, and you're on Zoom, and you've got all these meeting, go to meeting, and you're, you're learning how to use technology, and you've got your Facebook account, you've got your email, and you've got your Gmail account, and you've got your YouTube account, and all of these different apps and different programs, and we can't even remember them all. Matter of fact, we have to click, I forgot it probably most of the time, and then we got to reset something, right? Make up some kind of crazy word, right? And, 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 and reset it. But it was a pretty simple password that Jesus gave to them. The Lord has a need for it. And as soon as they said that, these people who own this cult knew this is from the Lord. Take it. The little thing that I have, this animal here, you take that. It had never been ridden on before. You take it for the Lord. And they took it and they brought it back. And then they put a garment over it and Jesus got onto it. But I, I want you to see this, that, that though they didn't know all that the future held, they didn't know when exactly victory would come, exactly when it was going to all happen um, they didn't understand everything. They just had enough faith for the moment when the Lord said, I need you to go. They said, we'll go. 
And when the disciples that went said, the Lord needs the colt, they said, take it. They were just faithful. How do you live in this, in this now but not yet? How do you live and how do you, you have, what do you do with the faith you have while you're in the midst of the fight? How, how, do, you, how do you remain, how do you stay in this, walk in this faith when you're not quite yet there to victory though you, you have it and you're on the journey and you're on your way there? Be faithful with what he's given you. Faithful in little things as we journey towards the final victory. Just be faithful. God just, God's not asking you to do something that you cannot do or that he would not empower you to do. He's saying, just give me your gifts, your talents. Give me a piece of your heart. And, and as I've given you these gifts, now I'm going to ask you to use them for me, whatever that might be. I mean, we see people worshiping on a platform here. God asked them, and they said yes. I see people up in our sound booth right now, and, and God asked them, and they're faithfully serving. What can you do? What are the gifts that he's given you? Just obey. I sent out an email this past week to several of our men, about 30, 35 of the men for our Monday night Bible study and just reminding them of that. And I, and I sent out an email just saying to them, listen, if you, you, you have people in your life and you, you need to connect with them, you need to make some calls, you need, to, you need to make sure that everybody that's in your life, the 10 people that you might be connected to, just make sure that, that everything is okay and going okay. And, and if they need help, maybe you can help them out. Now, if, if 10 of us... If, if we have 10 people in our life that we can connect with, even five, but let's just say 10, and, and, and so 30 people connect with, with 10 people, how many people is that? 300 people. It's a lot of people. So if we connect with them, we're connecting with a lot of people. And, and I said, if someone has a need, make sure that maybe you can get them a gift card and, and take it to them. And, and again, use the, the, the correct process of, of staying quarantined and social distancing. But maybe you can give them a card from Shaw's or Stop and Shop, a $10, $15, dollar, $20 card. Maybe you can meet their need. And if, and if you, if you can't, let us know so that we can get them. You can come and, and pick one up and take it to them. Maybe somebody needs a phone call. Maybe somebody needs just an email or a, a text message. But there are people in our lives that the gifts that God has given us, we can use them to help lift people up during this time. We can, we can in, this, in the midst of the fight, let's encourage one another. Let's be faithful with what God has given us. And you might not be able, you might be the one that has the need for the card, but you can def definitely call somebody to pray. You can call somebody to encourage them. You can send a text message. You can read a scripture. You can help them through. And I'm not even talking about somebody that knows the Lord. It might be somebody that doesn't know the Lord, but you can reach out and help them out. What has God given you? What can God do in your life right now where you're at? This circumstance, this situation, what do you have that can be a, 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 a form of empowering for somebody else 
God wants to use it. The password is this. The Lord has need of it. We serve because the Lord has need of it. And then he comes and he uses what he's already given us for his glory. That's the first thing that you do in the midst of this fight that you're in. How do you, how do you walk in faith? Be faithful in the seemingly little things that are enormous in the kingdom of God. And the second thing that I see within this passage is praise him. Praise him. Keep praising him. Look, what, look what's going on here. And though you, you didn't understand, they don't understand everything. When you take a look at this passage of Scripture and you, and you, and you look at verses um, 35, start, Luke 19, 35, it says, this is what it says. They brought it to Jesus, the colt, the colt, threw their cloak on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And they said in verse 38, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And in verse 40 it says, Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Powerful passage of scripture because... Because they're praising him and they're worshiping him and they're glorifying him. And it tells us right in the passage, it tells us that the disciples, and I don't think it's just the 12 disciples. I, I, I don't think it's just a few disciples. I think it, you know, there, there are many disciples. It's a crowd of people who are praising because they not only saw the miracles that Jesus did, but they also experienced the miracles within their life, within their village, within their community, within their household. They experienced the power of Jesus and the way that God had de demonstrated his power where it had basically affirmed that Jesus is the son of God and they're praising him now not everybody was praising him because we know that there were many people religious people that hated his guts and wanted to see him die but in, but in the midst of all this, Jesus is making a statement, and this is a public statement, and if we were to talk about it today, he is branding himself. He is branding himself, and his brand is, I am the king. I'm the Messiah you've been waiting for. Now, now the, the, the people that were praising are actually using a psalm, Psalm 118, and they, were, they probably quoted that many times as they walked to Jerusalem. And, and this song, they would sing Psalm 118, where, where they would worship him. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. That was a Psalm 118. They're, they're quoting part of it. And they probably did that many times as they went to Jerusalem. But this time... They were looking at Jesus and saying, blessed is the king. And, and as he's 
heading there on this cult. It's fulfilling a prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And Jesus is branding himself as the king. And it says this, Rejoice greatly in Zechariah 9, 9. O daughter of Zion, shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous, having salvation, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey, or the foal of a donkey. Right? I can tell you that, that normally when a king rode in, they rode in as a conqueror. And they didn't ride in on a donkey or a little baby horse. They rode in on a, a mighty horse, a powerful horse, with the muscles of that horse bulging and with a sword running in and conquering this city. But Jesus shows how he has come the first time. And he comes as the suffering servant as the one who would sacrifice his life he didn't come as they would they didn't recognize him as this conquering king many of them because he was riding humbly on this and that's how he comes the first time and on on the streets he's and people that would know Zechariah 9 9 they would be praising and worshiping but Jesus knows it and he's branding himself I'm the one I'm the messiah and on the streets, I want you to see who's there. there. There's the paralytic that Jesus had healed in a house. And, 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 and they had lowered this paralytic down through a, a roof. His friends, four of them, and they lowered him down. And, 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 and once they lowered him down, he was on a mat. He had never walked before. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And people begin to laugh and grumble and mumble. And then to prove that he is the Messiah and the Lord, he says, and the authority to do it, he says, no, stand up, pick up your mat and walk and the man walks away that man is standing there saying Jesus remember me and and he's holding his mat up remember me Jesus you healed me and there's Bartimaeus who cried out Lord have mercy on me what do you want me to do Bartimaeus I want to be able to see and 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 Jesus and Jesus then prays and asks the father and says may you receive your sight and he has mercy and Bartimaeus the first thing he sees you know what he sees Jesus he sees Jesus his Lord and Savior and Bartimaeus is saying Lord I can see you Hosanna in the high blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and on the side of the road's the little man the little man Zacchaeus, the one that was ruthless and notorious for taking people's money, the tax collector, and he always said, all right, your bill is 300 when really it was only 40. And he did that to everybody and became so wealthy and rich, and they all hated him, but they had to give it because he worked for the Roman government. But when Jesus came into his life and he found forgiveness for sins while he was by that tree and went to his house and went to the man's house and had dinner there, this man came to know him. And here this little man is and he's, he's jumping up trying to look over. He's in the second row and he's like, hey, Jesus, Jesus, remember me? They're praising him. Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, Jairus is there with his wife and his daughter that Jesus had raised from the, the dead as well. Yeah. You can praise him. You can worship him. You know he's the king. And you might be right now wondering, Lord, we're, we're, we're in the midst of a fight. We're in the midst of a battle. What should we do? And I'm saying, man, 
during this time as you walk in faith on this journey towards victory, praise him. Because you've already experienced victory, and I've experienced victory, and he's done many things in our lives. One, he has saved us from our sin. We found forgiveness. We were hopeless. We were going nowhere. We were in bondage. The enemy was reeling us in, leading us by a leash and a chain and a collar, and we couldn't get it off. And Jesus came and set us free. You could praise him during this time. Maybe there are people that Jesus has brought. He's healed you of the sickness and touched you. But I know and spiritually he has touched your soul. We can praise him. We can praise him for the healing of even sickness and bodies. We can praise him for the mending of, of marriages and broken relationships. When it felt like we were going to go nowhere in the relationship. And we brought it to the Lord. And we came to really repent and, and ask him to fill and restore this covenant restored it when he restored relationships and helped you to be able to forgive and your spouse and a friend or a brother or a sister on your job is restored or maybe he's given you that job he's given us sound minds he's provided for our needs we have a roof over our head we have water that we can drink and food that we can eat and People that love us and a church and a family of God and we can rejoice and we can praise him. Even though we might feel like we're in the valley right now, I'm telling you, the God of the valley is the God of the mountain too. It's easy to praise the Lord when things are good and everything's going well and you know, I've got a great job and I've got enough money and I've got we've got our health and you know, loved by everybody, and there's no conflict going on, and man, I haven't been thinking these crazy thoughts lately, and everything's great, but let me tell you something, it's a little tougher when you get down into the valley, and you're like, man, I got some challenges on my hand. I'm facing some temptation right now. Matter of fact, not only have I faced it, but I've fallen. I'm down. I'm telling you, get up because he wants to pick you up. And I'm saying, let's give him praise today and exalt his name and worship him and glorify him and magnify him. Why? Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And the truth is this, when it's all said and done, when it's all over, after every test, every challenge, when the coronavirus and the corona means crown, my wife has told me, corona means crown, right? When it's all said and done and this crown virus is all said and gone and completely eradicated, I want you to know that Jesus will still be the crown king of the entire world and all that has been created. He is still Lord of lords and kings of, king of kings. When it's all said and done, praise him, glorify him. That God that is, has been with you on the mountain is with you in the valley right now. And he's never changing that. Our God will be God when it's all over. And he will be king. So what do you do in the midst of, you know, this journey? And what do you do? you you have faith and you're still in the fight. What do you do? One, remain faithful. Let God use you. Two, praise him. The last thing, and I won't belabor it, but it's this. Keep reaching out to a broken, unbelieving world. 
Take a look at this passage of Scripture in Luke 19. And this is where the, the again, some of the Pharisees, verse, chapter 19, verse 39, it says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus replied, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, look, listen, look what it says. He wept over it and said, if you even, you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus is saying, he's speaking, he's talking out loud, he's talking to himself. He's, he's talking, he's saying, he's looking at the city that has rejected him and these people that have rejected him, though he's got many that have accepted him. And he's looking out and he said, if you only knew, and he's crying, his, his heart is broken, he's weeping over the lostness and the emptiness and, and the future that, that is waiting for them if they don't come to know him. And he says, if you would only know, would it bring you peace? And then verse 43, it says, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side and they will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Yeah. Even though he's, being re he's been rejected by many, the people that have rejected him, he is still weeping over. And his heart is crying and bleeding for. He's still reaching out and he says that even if these disciples who are praising me stop, I want you to know my praises will never stop. The rocks will cry out. And I can tell you the ones who wanted to stop him from praising, being praised, those specific people he, his heart was breaking for. We can't stop praising. We can't stop being faithful. But you know what we do during this time? And Jesus even said there's judgment coming, and judgment did come in about A.D. 70, that whole region was conquered by an enemy. And he knew it was going to come, and it broke his heart. He said, if you only know, it would bring you peace. And I can tell you that we as God's people can't stop reaching out, even to the ones that are trying to stop us from praising and glorifying and magnifying the Lord and preaching his word and speaking his truth. Don't stop. May our hearts be broken just like his heart is broken. May we weep over our neighborhood. May we weep over our community and our city and the, all the region of New England. May we weep when we think of the lostness that is in America, but not just America, around the world. May we weep when we, we are confronted on our job and, and we go there and there's the, the vicious persons. We might get back there. That person's going to be there and, and, and we're going to, they, they've been mean and they've told lies or they've slandered and they've tried to hurt you in some way. That person, cry for them because they have a soul. They don't know what awaits them, but we know what awaits us and all who will put their trust in Christ. Reach them, pray for them, cry out to God for them. 
That's what we need to do while we're on this journey. Yeah, continue to be faithful as we fight this fight. Continue to be faithful. Continue to praise him and glorify him. Yeah, and continue to reach out and bring hope into people's lives through the message of Jesus. We're going to take communion together. And I want you to know that as you continue to be faithful and you continue to praise him, and as you continue to reach out to a lost and dying world and your heart's breaking, remember this. It's part of a journey. But the day will come when we will reach our destination. And that's to be in his presence. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, I think says it all. The disciples that were there with him, his 12, the disciples were there. And the disciples that were here are the disciples that were with him on the road when people were worshiping him. And the people that would be on that road would also hear a message. That message is, we're not there yet, but we're definitely on our way. We've started the journey. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. He said, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. And in verse 27 of Matthew 26, it says, Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The reason we're on the journey is because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Because of what he did, his body that was broken and his blood that was shed was an innocent body and an innocent blood that was shed. Sinless lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And because of what he did, we could put our trust in him and find forgiveness for our sin and a new life because of what he did. And we, because of that, we've experienced the journey and the faith. And though we have battles, we're not like others that do not have any hope. We journey knowing that we are going towards a destination. And as we keep our trust and remain faithful and continue to praise and continue to be a light in this world, the day will come when we'll step from this world into his wonderful presence. We know that. And it's all because of what Jesus did on that cross for us. So today as we take communion, we remember that. What has brought us here 
where the God of the mountain and the God of the valley is now a God in our lives, it's because of his awesome sacrifice. But I want you to know we don't just look down a road that leads nowhere. We look beyond a road and we look heavenward and we read the rest of the passage in, in Matthew 26. It says, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. He's saying, I'm never going to be taking communion with you face to face, though I'll be there in spirit, but I'm going to take communion with you face to face someday, just as you're taking it here, disciples, and just as we're taking it here, disciples. But there's going to be a day when we are going to be in his presence and this communion that we're taking, we are all going to be there together and he is going to be there and we are going to see him and we are going to take it face to face. And, and I'm not going to be talking about it. Jesus is going to be talking about it. It's not going to be my unscarred hands and feet. And it's not going to be me that's going to be speaking. It's going to be our, the scars will be there. And he's going to serve. And we're going to be praising him. Because the journey is going to be over. In a sense that there's not going to be a fight. And our faith is going to be sight. Let's continue this journey. Let's continue to be faithful. And let's continue to allow God to use our gifts and our talents. And let's continue to worship and praise him no matter where we are on the mountain or in the valley. And let's continue to reach out until that day when we enter that kingdom and we see him face to face. As we take communion, remember what got you on the journey and remember the destination.